Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Maybe it's just that you don't know how to use social courtesy. Oh, that's old-fashioned. Watch how Lizzie Post and Dan Post Senate act as host and hostess. They know that courtesy means showing respect, thinking of the other person, real friendliness. Welcome to the 20th, yes, the 20th episode of Awesome Etiquette. For all 20 episodes, we have been proud to be part of the Infinite Guest Network from American Public Media. I'm Dan Post-Senning. And I'm Lizzie Post from the Emily Post Institute. It's good to see you. Good morning, Lizzie Post. I know. It's like we haven't seen each other all week. It's been about a week. This is normally you and I are the two that are in the office like the most. And I was thinking about this. The the genesis of this podcast was the conversations that you and I would have in, in the, the mornings morning. as we both got into the office. We're oftentimes the first or the only ones there for whatever reasons. And we would sit around and chat. chat. <laughs> and, and we said, you know, this is the heart of the Emily Post Institute. <laughs> it would be nice to share this with people. So it would be. It's a very honest version of that. This, this is morning. a very honest version of that. I um so Dan and I have each each been traveling. I was in Omaha, Nebraska last week with the um Omaha Symphony Guild. Uh they it was I they they have the the symphony um is a nonprofit and they host a debutante ball as a way to do fundraising. It sounds like fun. It's really <laughs> cool. And so this is the 50th anniversary of them doing this. And they invited Yeah, it was a really big deal. And they invited me to come out for kind of the kickoff of their season, which starts now. And then the Deb Ball is actually in December. And just give a speech and, and kind of find out what they're about. And I have to be honest, this might have been my most favorite trip ever. It's I've had a lot of amazing trips, and and that's saying a lot because my trips to New Orleans are pretty amazing too. I believe it because we've seen a little bit of feedback come through, come through it. on request it's, forms. And yeah. I have to say, you know, when you go out to do these events, you're never sure who who you're going to be meeting when you mm-hmm. go out. And I think people are never quite sure what we're going to be like. You know, not everybody listens to the podcast. Not everybody knows Dan and I love to joke around or that we're very down to earth. Mm-hmm. And it's really a wonderful thing when you show up there and they turn out to be so genuine and amazing and and it's a really tough thing when you, when you show up and people actually are kind of expecting the snobby side of etiquette mm-hmm. because that's not who you are. It's not what you want to represent. But you also don't want to be disappointing people who have hired you to come and speak and be a part of their organization. So you really do want to be what people are looking for from you, mm-hmm. but you also want to be yourself. And I – I'm trying really hard not to tear up. I, I know. It's, I'm such a sap. But <laughs> – I have never I just I I felt so incredibly welcomed and appreciated for exactly who I was Aww. and exactly what I brought to the table and 
each event, there was a, a, a patron's cocktail party the night before, and then there was a sort of mimosas and memories event in the morning, mm-hmm. and then there was the luncheon that I was going to speak at, and then there was going to be a dinner afterwards for um, some of the people who actually put it put it on and had done all the, the hard background work and myself. And each event just it kept getting better and better. And the more I got to know these women, I didn't want to leave Omaha. Like, I'm, I didn't want to leave Omaha. <laughs> I'm sitting here. I'm so I, I have not gotten the update yet. And have, I'm so glad to, to hear it went well, because I also th- this organization had scheduled this event over a, a year, year in advance. So yeah. this has been an event that's been on nervous. the calendar. It's been on the radar. And I knew that you were thinking a lot about it because it was planned so far ahead, because yeah. it sort of loomed large. At one point, it seemed so far away. It was like it was never going to arrive. And then it was here. <laughs> and it just it it truly um it's such a testament to true believers and and people who really understand that etiquette is all about putting people at ease and making them feel comfortable and embracing them exactly as they are. And I had never felt more embraced. And th- I, I truly, genuinely felt connected to these people that I met. And I can't wait to um, – I have potential to go back next year um, for a different organization there, but someone who had seen me at this. And and also I, I want to go back to visit, to spend time with them because – I like them. Okay. These are people I would be friends with. <laughs> so the, 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 um, as I'm flying home last night, I'm having similar thoughts. I'm going to see really? Lizzie. What, what should we be talking about? And sure. A sort of micro version of the same thought. I was uh, in Chicago on sort of more more traditional business for us. B- and, yeah, business etiquette seminar. But I, I, so I spent a few days in Chicago. And this fall, I'd spent a couple days in Columbus and a couple days in St. Louis. And I'm starting to love my visits to the Midwest. I'm starting to look forward to them. Right? Where, uh, it's people, kind of this amazing place. People are not in a hurry to get through their interaction with you. You're with somebody and you're really with somebody. And it's it's a remarkable quality. And I don't want to generalize. I don't want to ascribe an attribute. I don't want to to, to stereotype, but I'm getting to a point where I really enjoy my visits Traveling to the Midwest, there. and I even anticipate that the quality of the human interaction that I think I'm likely to encounter, even in a big city like Chicago. Right. You can feel you can feel the influence of that regional culture, even in the downtown. I tell you, I loved flying into Omaha. I'm I'm someone who loves wide open spaces. So even though I live, you know, in the mountains, in the mountains basically. I mean, I live in in the valley, but the mountains are all around us. And and don't get me wrong, I love that view. Um, the the time, I mean, you know my stories of being on the ranch at the Chico Basin yeah. and 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 riding, a, you know, a full clip and and just feeling amazing because you can see everything for miles and miles to come. And I love that feeling. I love that openness. And I feel like it's such a great metaphor for how the people are out there. Is that they're incredibly open and receptive to whatever's going to come their way. And even if it's something they don't like, they still are able to welcome it in. And not that I was experiencing this, but I got the sense that if they were ever dealt something difficult, these women that I met, that they would just kind of take it with Handle such it with the same and grace and poise. With exact, thank you. So you found the words I was looking for. Handle it with the same grace and poise that I was experiencing from them in an environment where they were really excited about yeah. what they were doing. It was... It was truly inspirational. So to the women who put on and work so hard on all of the Omaha Symphony's debutante ball events, um, you are truly, truly friends of mine. And I am so very, very happy to count you among my friends. And I'm so glad to hear the trip went well. It was. It was. (laughs) Were you traveling last week? 
Yes, but personal. I was a. Uh... Can we talk about it for a second? No. Why not? <laughs> the pain. <laughs> Don't talk about it. Talk about it. Sure, sure. Um, I, I was at the AFC Championship game. Because I'm at, so jealous. At Gillette, second row, and it was. It was so much fun. Um, as everyone who listened to the show knows, it, it was. Um, it was a real opportunity for me to go see the team that I've enjoyed watching for 15 years now. But don't talk about the pain, because I have a really great etiquette salute later in the show. I love it. But first, <laughs> stay tuned. Let's get to your questions. Give me a ride. There's so much to learn how to do. Sure, there's a lot to learn, but it's worth it. And learning is easy. One way is by watching others. On every episode of Awesome Etiquette, we take your questions on how to behave. Let's get started. Awesome Etiquette gets support from StoryWorth. There are some stories about your mom's life that you truly never get tired of hearing. From hilarious to heartfelt, tear-jerking to plot-twisting, mom's retelling of the events always brings a bit of joy. Just in time for Mother's Day, we here at Awesome Etiquette found the perfect gift that can capture all of your mom's stories for your family forever. It's called StoryWorth. StoryWorth helps you preserve precious memories and stories from your mom or a mother figure in your life for years to come. Here's how it works. Each week, StoryWorth emails your loved one a thought-provoking question that you get to help pick. What was your first job? Who was your first crush? <laughs> StoryWorth makes the writing process a breeze. All your loved one needs to do is to respond to the email prompt with a story. Long or short, it doesn't matter. I did this with my mom and it was really, really rewarding. You'll be emailed a copy of your loved one's responses as they're submitted over the course of the year. You'll get to enjoy their retelling of the stories, some you probably already know, or maybe the ones that you're surprised by you haven't heard before. <laughs> After that year of fun discovery and reminiscing, StoryWorth compiles your loved one's stories and photos into a beautiful keepsake hardcover book that you'll be able to share and revisit for generations to come. You can even keep a copy of the book for yourself. Give all the moms in your life a unique, heartfelt gift that you all will cherish for years. StoryWorth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com manners. That's storyworth, S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash manners. It's manners with an S to save $10 on your first purchase. And now back to our show. This question begins, hi, with an exclamation point. How quickly are you required to respond to a text? I was chastised by my best friend and my daughter for slow responses at times, maybe a few hours if I'm at work in meetings or at home doing laundry, for example, and my phone is not next to me. Thanks for the guidance, Kathy. Kathy, we're totally in your camp. Um, texting is not a guaranteed method of getting a hold of someone mm -hmm. for exactly the reasons you state. You might be in a meeting or you're doing laundry and your phone is in a different room. So if someone really wants to get a hold of you, I suggest they call your house phone or mm -hmm. they call your phone so that you can hopefully hear it ringing. And even that's not a guarantee when you reach out to someone on their cell phone. What if their phone was on Do Not Disturb? What if their phone was on vibrate and they're not in the same room as it? I couldn't agree more. Just right. because you've purchased a cell phone that has SMS capabilities does not mean you are on call to the world. No, exactly. <laughs> and I think that if people really need an answer from you, they should try to find other ways of getting in touch with you. 
one thought I would add to it is you want to observe expectations that grow within a relationship. So certain people, when they're operating in a certain communication medium, will start to have a certain expectation of each other. Right. With emails, it's maybe about 24 hours that you're going to get back to somebody who you do business with regularly. And they're aware of that and you're aware of that. Maybe with texting, you've developed a relationship with a friend where there is an expectation of some rapidity of exchange between the text. If a text is more than 30 minutes old, maybe it becomes old. <laughs> you're no longer <laughs> addressing it. I think it's really important to establish those expectations. If your daughter has those expectations with other people and she's trying to apply those expectations to you, you can say to her, you know, I don't always have my phone with me. I'm not going to be on call to it all the time. I just want to be really clear with you about that. And you might not need to be as forcefully direct as I just was, but um, you want to communicate that message to avoid any confusion. And it really is perfectly okay, whether it's your daughter or your best friend, to communicate that. Good luck. And we will not text you. We promise. (laughs) Dear Lizzie and Daniel, I like it when they call you Daniel. Just no, I don't mind it. <laughs> I grew up with you as Danny, and mm-hmm. now it's Dan, mm-hmm. and, and now it's Daniel. All right. First off, thank you for such a beneficial program. I truly enjoy and gain so much from each of your podcasts. My question has to do with peer influence around tipping. I'm a working college student on a tight budget who enjoys going out sometimes for meals or drinks with friends. A continuous issue has seemed to occur when the bill comes and tips are decided. Currently, with my income range, I'm comfortable giving a 10 to 15% tip based on service, 10% obviously extremely poor service, whereas my friends will generally give, announce, and expect others to give up to a 40% tip. I think that's ridiculous. I have been called out and told to give a bigger 25% tip for what I deemed to be a mediocre service. It makes me extremely embarrassed and also mad because I feel that tipping is a private and individual matter. Should I just suck it up and dig into my funds to give bigger tips? Or do you believe my tipping method is justified? Thank you for your advice. Best, broke. Aw, broke. I'm going to start off by saying I sympathize. I definitely spent many years as a starving artist and operated on a very small budget. And I appreciate the the type of situation that you're finding yourself in. And um, I want to I want to address a couple different things that come up in your in your email. The first is that a 40 percent tip is really that is a very generous tip. The range that we often talk about here is a 15 to 20 percent range. So that 40 percent tip is is really almost double what we recommend mm-hmm. and and represents um, a, a gesture of of uh, extreme generosity of extreme and appreciation. Generosity and appreciation. And we just just in case your friends are listening. Extreme. <laughs> I, I often talk about the 20% tip being an easy standard to meet because you Absolutely. just move the decimal point and you double it. And um, It's easy math. Peter, Lizzie's father, will also say, you know, I, I like to round up to the nearest dollar. <laughs> That's a, a favorite. Once you've done that, he, he doesn't yeah. just give you the change rounding up to the nearest dollar. He actually does. Ex- ex- exactly. He then does the, the math and then he rounds that amounts. up to the nearest dollar. So oftentimes his tip will drift up just above 20%. And, yeah. and um, for, for many people, that is true. And it might start to approach that 25% range depending on how much you do. And while I would shoot for thinking about a 15 to 20% tip as part of my budgeting for going out to to eat a meal, I wouldn't feel social pressure from the people that I'm with to tip much more than that. And I think that that you can take some comfort that – um, tipping is a private and discreet matter. It shouldn't be done in a way that's ostentatious or showy or flashy. I also think that it's okay for you to stand up for your budget. Um, 
I think, you know, I, I, I live on a, on a pretty tight budget right now. And it can be frustrating when you do really want to go out and enjoy time with friends and such and such. And, and you are worried. Um, for me, for a long time when I wasn't drinking, it was about are we going to split the bill and you've ordered three cocktails and I have none. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to have to mention that. Uh, because I don't have the money to cover you right now. Um, but I also really, really want to say that it's okay for you. And I want you to have the confidence that even if your friends um, call you out on on putting down a 20% tip, that you can say, hey, that's what I'm comfortable with and that's what I can afford. I worked in the restaurant industry for years. And I often, if I am with a bartender or a server who's a good friend of mine, that is, and it's someone that I really love and I see a lot in that in that environment, I will give something like a 50% tip because I really want to show that appreciation. But those are very specific and special circumstances. The fact that your friends are giving this 40% tip on a sort of regular basis, it's overkill. And you're, it's okay for you to, to say, no, I'm going to leave 20%. Mm-hmm. However, we have to go to the side where we don't agree with you quite as much. And that's your 10% tip. It's just not appropriate. The best way to handle it is to actually leave that 15% tip, which is what we consider the bare minimum these days. Dan often has a wonderful phrase saying that when you enter a restaurant, you do kind of enter a social contract that you are going to pay for the service because you know that the servers who are working there don't get paid a full minimum wage. Mm. Um, And so this is the way of balancing it out. If you have poor service, we've said it before on the show, and we will always maintain this, you do not use your money to send that message. Thank you. Instead, what you need to do is um, on your own, go speak with with a manager and just say, listen, you know, of course, I'm going to tip appropriately, but I really was not comfortable with the service that I received this evening. And here's why. And that's the way that you get your message to the server across because having worked in the restaurant industry for years, if you leave me a 10% tip, I just think of you as a cheapskate. I do not think of anything that I did as wrong. And that's just how I was. It's how most of my friends in the industry were as well. Um, We really hope this helps. And the question about tipping comes up all the time. It's a big one. So good luck and feel confident that you're going to be in good territory. You're going to be in um, great shape moving forward. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This question begins, Lizzie and Dan found the podcast a few weeks ago and love it. I have a question about how to deal with people talking on the phone at the gym. I work out at a college gym and have found that many of the younger students talk on their phones while they work out. This really bothers me if I'm on the treadmill or bike and the person next to me is on their phone. 
Normally, I try to move away, but there are times when it's busy and I can't find another piece of equipment to use. When I've asked them to stop talking, I've gotten dirty looks. What's the best way to handle this? Is this undergraduates just not knowing any better, or am I being too sensitive? Thank you very much for your help, Dave. Hi, Dave, and thank you for your question. This is it's a, a good one. It's a classic with a twist. Um, I it was is. recently on the Today Show talking about people using their cell phones at the salon and how your use of your cell phone impacts or affects the person next to you. Even if the, the salon owner or keeper has an environment where they're okay with you using the phone, I tell people to really beware of captive audiences when they're talking on their cell phone. The, the general rule, the courtesy is that when other people around you can't get away, you want to be pretty aware of how you're using your phone and what kind of allowances you're giving yourself on that, whether it's the person sitting next to you on the train or the person sitting next to you in the salon or the person on the next treadmill from you. Having said that, there are um, – different venues where there are different cultural expectations or different norms. There are some coffee shops where it's perfectly okay to have your laptop in front of you on the table. Right. And then there's a restaurant right next door that serves a very similar menu that has a very different atmosphere or ambiance where it would be entirely inappropriate. They might have. even have a sign up that says no no iPads or no tablets, no And it's computers. that little yeah. etiquette, that little sign that really makes the difference. And here I'm, I'm going to talk to somebody who's a proprietor or manager at the gym. I'm yeah. going to say, what's the policy? Are people allowed to be on their phones here? Is that an environment that you want to create and support or not? And you might choose a gym where that's not. Right. The the way and maybe this isn't a college athletic facility where you don't have a lot of choice about where you're going to be going and you're going to have to live with it if it's the way that you don't like. But you can definitely check in with somebody and figure out what the rules are so that you know. Once you know what the rules are, it's not necessarily up to you to be the enforcer. In fact, you usually don't have standing to be right. that person. You want to look for someone who has that standing. And there's going to be somebody there. There's going to be an employee. And if you've established and you know what the policy is, you can talk to that person and they can ask someone to to take their conversation somewhere where it's more appropriate. I also want to encourage you that I I even if the rules aren't that way, it's I do think if you feel comfortable doing it and we do warn people this can be a safety issue because you never know what a stranger is going to do in return. So I really want to caution you before you just say, well, the post said <laughs> I should run out and do this, um, that that it does come with a big safety warning. Be careful. You don't know who you're dealing with on, on the other side of the conversation. But, you know, it is okay to say, hey, you know, could you lower your voice, please? Mm -hmm. Or it's okay for you to even ask, you know, it would it would be nice not having to listen to this conversation next to you. I just want you to be aware that I can hear everything that you're saying. Um, this is not my normal sing-songy, sweet, soft, gentle way of saying things that I try to give on the show. Yeah. Um, this does have a little bit more of an edge to it, and there is a slight reason for that, and that is that it is it is frustrating. It's not appropriate of this person to be. Um, we talk about it in in elevators or small spaces mm -hmm. that you are literally trapping people into your conversation, and they're only hearing one side of it. And it's very hard to. It's a lot easier to ignore a conversation between two people. For instance, mm -hmm. if you got two friends who were walking on treadmills, you know, next to the treadmill you're using, and they're having a conversation. Even if it's an inappropriate conversation, even if you don't want to hear about the date the girl had the night before, you know, um, it's it's still easier for you to dismiss it because you're hearing both sides of it. That happens a lot. When you're only hearing one side, you're often kind of wondering what's coming next. You're you're just the pre conscious paying, filtering. You of pay those more messages. attention to it. 
So I don't have as much of a problem suggesting to you that, you know, hey, asking someone nicely, would you mind um, keeping your voice, keeping down, your voice down? Or do you think you could maybe change the subject of your conversation? I'm a bit uncomfortable hearing it. And unfortunately, there's no other treadmill for me to use. Just so that you you have that chance to, to, to say, hey, I'm a part of this environment, too, and you are affecting me in it. And if they give the dirty look, so be it. That's just them, yeah, being rude and not understanding, and we all encounter those people in the world. Um, but I, I, I kind of like to give people a little bit of an encouragement to step up and, and defend the space that they're in. In the spirit of supporting that kind of answer <laughs> sure. also, and you mentioned it at the end, uh, don't ever underestimate the power of the the reproachful glance, the sideways <laughs> look. The, the dirty look came up as a reply to your intrusion on their call. Are we really um, su- we're suggesting dirty looks? And, n- no, and, and this is again, I, I, I boy, I don't even want to put this into a microphone, yeah, but, but I'm going to go ahead and the, say the it. The center arm piece rest, like when you kind of look at someone, like really, man, Just you're to, taking to up the whole seat. To bring their like, awareness, yeah. as long as it's and, and boy, it's a subtle, it's gentle, it's subtle it's territory, gentle. and you don't want to be that person who walks around glaring at people all the time. Who walks around no. looking down their nose judging, and tisking judging, and shushing yeah. and judging. That's, that's that not what I'm saying. But if if you are socially adept enough to, to, to with your eyes, bring your attention to something that's going on, um, sometimes it doesn't even take words coming out of your mouth. Right. And that, that might be on the, the scale of I'm going to intervene here options, the, the, the least intrusive. I have so. a friend who does something <laughs> and it is rude, but it is really funny to me. And I don't. I don't love I'm not suggesting it, but it is just an anecdote. She starts joining in the conversation and it cracks me yeah. up. And it's like it takes a minute or two for the person who's having the conversation to realize what's going on. And then they just kind of give this like like a groaning look, not even like a, I'm mad at you mm-hmm. look, but just to like, oh, come on. And But you're like sitting there going to them. Oh, come on. <laughs> like, I really don't want to learn the sexual escapades of your night before or the horrible thing your sister said to you. like, Or even the grocery list that you're putting together. Right. <laughs> it's like, I don't care. You're making me hungry and I'm on a treadmill. Knock it off. Um, anyway, we hope that does give you some options. And um, we don't think you're being too sensitive. This, we do this not think you're being too sensitive. This definitely is something that we hear about a lot. It is true. And we also hope this helps. <laughs> Best of luck to you. You hear that? She says you're not as rude as you used to be. What do you know? Thanks to everyone for sending in your questions. You can submit your question to awesomeetiquette at emilypost.com. You can also send them in via Facebook and Twitter. Just use the hashtag Awesome etiquette, so that we know you want your question on the show. So it's kind of fun as we've been asking for suggestions from people. One of the things we've we've always called this in our script our alt segment. It's our little uh, alternative, alternative segment. segment. <laughs> sometimes it's history, sometimes it's rapid fires, sometimes it's something else, and it's cute. We've gotten two uh, suggestions for what to title this Good segment. Suggestions. Good suggestions. One Dan mentioned in a previous show. It was called Social Studies, which I thought was really cute, mm-hmm. and the other one. I'm really attached to. It's called Postscript. And I like it because that was actually the name of my father's advertising firm. Mm -hmm. But I like the play on words, the play on the name, the fact that it comes after our questions. So it's our little P.S., which would then make our etiquette salute a PPS, but it just, I just really liked it. Could we say that the postscript is a social studies segment? <laughs> the postscript is a social studies segment. There you go. So anyway, if any of the rest of you have suggestions on what this might be called, we would, we will take them until we kind of find one that we're all down with. <laughs>
So today's alternative segment, today's postscript, today's social studies, what do you like the sound of, <laughs> is actually uh, going to be a couple responses that we've gotten to the show recently. One from my dear father who was listening to our podcast and made a correction and he was so right. And I Dan can't and believe I he's the can't. only one that caught this. I know. I cannot <laughs> believe we had no listeners write in about this. So I'm sitting in the airport with him yesterday and he says, oh, I forgot to mention you need to correct your last rapid fire segment in which you said the fish fork is the only fork placed to the right of the place setting. And we're wrong. Don't. It's the oyster fork. As soon as he said it, I go, it's the oyster fork. He goes, I know, but you said fish fork. So Oysters Dan, aren't fish? No, of course not. <laughs> they're shellfish and they're my favorite. Um, but yeah, it is true. The oyster fork is the only fork placed to the right of the place setting. It is not the fish fork. The fish fork is found on the left. And our apologies for all the formal dinner confusion that happened over the last week. A couple of weeks, (laughs) exactly. And um, the other is a response to our show with Stephen Petro. And it comes from a gentleman named Rob. Rob writes, hello to Lizzie and Daniel and anyone else who reads the email for awesome etiquette. It is actually just Lizzie and Daniel and mostly just me. I Mm -hmm. I forward you stuff for the most part, but um, you are for the time being just getting directly to the source mm-hmm. I love the show and find you both wonderful hosts thank you very much I'd like to offer an alternative to the writer who wrote in with a question about how to handle comments about finding the right girl at work I regularly use the term partner when discussing my significant other it gives an opportunity to communicate that this gentleman is in a happy relationship doesn't have to come out if he doesn't want to and he still isn't lying or just brushing off the comments mm-hmm. keep up the great work Rob So thank you, Rob. We like that. I like the word partner. (laughs) You use it often. I use it all the time. And it's also nice because it doesn't necessarily indicate marital status. And people have really significant relationships that aren't always marriages. And it's nice to be able to acknowledge that and have a term that we can use for it. Although I have a feeling that once you get married, you're going to be so psyched to call Pooj your wife. I... I have to hold myself back from saying it already. And I know it's not appropriate, so I don't do it. But no, you're right. Uh, for anyone <laughs> out there, especially you ladies, um, Dan Dan is is just so glowing sweet anytime he talks about Pooja. I have to just say it's it's awesome. <laughs> anyway, um, thank you so much for responding. And thanks, Dad, for listening and for, for correcting us. Even etiquette experts don't get it right all the time. And uh, we certainly hope that we hear from more of you getting suggestions and feedback to previous shows. And I'm hoping we can get Mr. Peter Post as a guest on the show at some point in the future because he is turning into a, 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 a real dedicated listener. And we appreciate totally. that greatly. I'm, I'm saving him for the golf show because he's a golf book Perfect. coming out. I know. <laughs> Anyway, that's our postscript, our social studies, our alt segment for the day. And we hope it gives you just a little more food for thought. Social courtesy does pay, doesn't it? Thanks. This is our etiquette salute, and I am so curious because Lizzie teased at the start of the show, and she uh, very intentionally kept it from your – she asked me if I wanted to know, and I said, no, I don't. So, Lizzie, please, take us away. I am going to nominate Tom Brady. Oh, and there it goes. That's the reaction I was hoping Two for. Two eyebrows Dan's, touching my hairline. Dan's what is about to eyebrows are quite literally at his hairline, and his eyeballs were just the size of basketballs. Um, I'm nominating Tom Brady on my flight home. Thank goodness JetBlue has TVs in every seat, and I was watching NFL Live on my way home, and it was Tom Brady um, holding a press conference about this whole deflated, inflated football scandal that is <laughs> rocking the playoff season this year. And 
I was amazed. He, I, I don't care where you stand on whether they're cheating, whether it was intentional, whether it wasn't. Tom Brady was in that conference and he, that press conference, and he absolutely was a gentleman with all of the mm-hmm. questions that he got. He held his own. He was pleasant. He never, from what I saw, got angry, mm-hmm. never got upset. He went 10 minutes beyond what his handler, will call them, had said, okay, last question, last question, or... we're done. He answered questions. Even when the reporters were repeating things, he never said, I already answered that. I'm not going to answer that again. He said, well, I did address that previously. And then he reminded them of the answer. It was true genuine good spokesmanship on his part and he just he did he smiled and he said you know there are some things I just don't know and I wish I had answers for you but I don't and you know I have questions myself and you know mostly I get out there I hold the ball it feels good I'm I think that's going to be the ball I'm going to use and sure you know as as the weather conditions change and as the ball's been spiked for touchdowns it it changes but you're so used to feeling those changes that you don't notice what happens. He just he held it so well. He held it together so well. And he was such a gentleman. Tom Brady, you have my etiquette salute of the week. Well, I appreciate that salute. We oftentimes say that how you handle mistakes and how you handle the, the unfortunate parts of life says as much about you as how you handle your successes. Absolutely. And it sounds like this is a good example of that. Yes. <laughs> well, now, uh, wasn't that better? Look at the effect of a little politeness. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you for listening. We hope you have a wonderful week. Remember, we love to hear from you. So send us your questions, your etiquette salutes, and your suggestions to awesomeetiquette at emilypost.com. If you like what you hear, please tell the world. Tweet it, Facebook post it, and of course, you can subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review. There's nothing better than that you can do to support the show. This is no sit-there-and-listen podcast. We want to hear from you. You can find us on Facebook. We're the Emily Post Institute. On Twitter, I'm at Daniel underscore Post. And I'm at Lizzie A. Post. Or you can visit our website, emilypost.com. Our theme music was composed and performed by Bob Wagner. <laughs>